episode of perfect commotion a media exchange podcast feel the rhythm feel the rhyme get on up it's podcast time i'm alan and with me today i've got dave hello got nick you call me but nick i called you nick i said i've got, I've got nick <laughs> okay okay well that's nick and uh we've also got sandy hello Hi. um so the point of this media exchange podcast is i think of something cool and then i give it to somebody else to watch and hopefully I'll pick something that they don't really know, haven't watched before, and then they get back and they just say, I liked it, reasons, or I hated it, reasons. So, let's uh, let's jump on into this, and let's go. Sandy, what did you give Nick this week? I gave, well, initially I was going to give Nick um, the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, and then I realised how much of a mistake that was. Um, so now instead, I'm giving Nick... Uh, the Walking Dead, or I gave Nick The Walking Dead. Uh, it's a game based on the uh, comic series by Robert Kirkman, and it's um, an interactive, advent- kind of like a point-and-click adventure game where you play as a character named Lee, and he is on his way to prison, but halfway through the journey, the zombie apocalypse destroys everything. And he is given a chance of freedom, a really strange form of freedom. And yeah, so you play as him, you make decisions, and you meet new people. So, Nick, how did you find it? I enjoyed it. I liked it. I saw it was a good game and felt uncomfortable with it, as I think I was meant to. Not something I can usually go after, which is sort of the point of this podcast, I guess. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed it, and we'll definitely play more Telltale games. Probably not more Walking Dead, though. A little bit grimdark. Was it too depressing? Was that, is that why no more Walking Dead? A little bit, yeah. And uh, the sort of player choices. The choices were a bit, a bit strange. I mean, I, I play a lot of uh, point-click adventures, or at least I had, did in the back in the day. Uh... But it felt like the being community where the main character gives a pencil a name and then cracks it in front of everyone and they feel sad. <laughs> it's just that feeling amplified. It's like, look, these are two well-fleshed-out characters. Love them. Love them. Now choose. <laughs> yeah. And, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, are we doing spoilers? Should we... I, I think we should... I think spoilers, yeah, spoilers are, are good. Exactly. Go, Nick. Go, explain the first choice. Okay. Is, is good enough. Um, the first one... The most important one I can remember is choosing between a small child pretending to drive a tractor and a guy who's building a fence. <laughs> and you essentially run up and you say, okay, who do you want to save first? Or who do you want to save? And my first reaction was, okay. So, so wait, wait, wait. You were saving a little boy playing on a tractor. Well. I th- I th- you may have forgotten the danger in this. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I was saving them both from zombies. It's the Walking Dead. It's dead walking, and they're the main. So set. you weren't saving the man from the fence. It wasn't like a man-eating fence or something. Uh, the child wasn't pretending too hard, was he? <laughs> <laughs> no, although he was messing around with a lot of levers. At one point, I was like, "You're not going to run this into that guy, are you?" Because he was fishing right in front of the tractor, and he was like <laughs> pulling on all these. Like, 
walking into the break and killing just there's not going to be zombies but no zombies did come and they were the threat yeah I think one of the things that the Orphan did as well is the zombies are never really important more than what they are that's uh, same with the comic books yeah they're more of a device to move the story along more than an actual yeah they increase drama Michael Bay explosion type zombies yeah very well done Uh, so that's probably why I forgot to mention them being zombies <laughs> that are about to grab the boy and the guy while the guy's building the fence and the boy's playing on a tractor. Mm-hmm. So, Wait, so who re- did you pick? I picked the guy that was building the fence. Uh-huh. Because I felt that he is a lot more useful in a dangerous situation than this child that was edibly annoying. <laughs> and although he let his family about, I thought the bo- I was saying that the guy who's building the fence is dad's farm. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll probably put the guy. Which I was happy with. Good choice. But what ended up happening was the, uh, the child's father came, took the child away, and didn't help me save the guy. <laughs> who then died. Yeah. Uh, so. Screwing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was strange. I was like, there's two pencils. One's Jim, one's George. Choose. I choose George. And he snaps George in front of me anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, yeah, the game ha- does have decisions where it seems like you have a choice, but it actually turns out whichever you pick, there would have been the same outcome. Yeah, which I like that, and it, and it yeah. does still have the uh, effect that other players, other, other characters, treat you differently. Mm. At least in the conversations, because yeah. the the guy who kicked me out of his farm was like, "Look, thanks for helping. We'll leave." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, fine." His son died. Seems legit. I think I made the same choice as you. I did too, yes. Am I the only one that hasn't played this? I think so, yeah. But you read the comics? I, and watched a, a TV show. Okay. Mm, I, in my opinion, I think the game um, is actually the best of all the, the Walking Dead things, like the comic and the TV show. So I think the game explore. I think the characters I think in the game were just a bit more... Uh, just a bit deeper... Whereas I think the TV show for me, everyone just got really annoying. I just the hated TV them all. The TV show wasn't great. No. I, I think we should say the um, the game is entirely separate from the comics and the TV show. So the comics and the TV show are, are quite similar. They're, ba- they're, they're yes. based yeah. off each other. And yeah. the the game is just entirely separate, set in the same world. And I think there's a couple of characters. Yeah, so there was flick backwards and forwards. Glenn and uh, Herschel are the two characters yeah. that have appeared in the game. Okay. But cool. I think that that's all the similarity. Was it Herschel's farm? Yes. On? Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, one more thing is I found strange is I didn't really understand all the facts about my character when I was making all the choices. Maybe because I'm particularly dense. But at one point I was asked a question, I gave an answer, and it turns out I was lying. Oh, was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, so, how, so, uh, you said you had family here. Uh, and one of the options was, they live in this very room, this very place. And I was like, that's probably a lie. It turns out it wasn't, that was the truth. But I just run into a random chemist's place. I thought that was going to be a lie, but it wasn't. It was the truth. And you find it out by going into the back room. Oh, I, I talked yeah, to everyone the store. Yeah, I think the... Um, fo- I think there's a photograph Yeah, there, there was... that shows you this is your place. There's a bunch of stuff in the back room, and he, and he talks about his dad's cane and things. 
But my yes, instincts yeah. usually are to go and talk with everyone first, then I do a little explory. Uh, th- there's a few things like that, uh, which I felt. It's just strange when I'm making a choice and I was given a choice to lie or not, and I couldn't tell which option was which. Okay. But, I mean, that's a minor gripe yeah. I have. I, I think just... some games in that situation, they would give you, in brackets, say that it's a lie or it's the truth. And it mm. would, yeah, it would actually help you that way. Yeah. Uh, but no, I enjoyed it. I haven't played a, a point click adventure in a while. The last one I played was Ben there down that. So uh, it's very different, very nice. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a fun game. Controls are a bit weird on PC, but I should use a controller. I learned that now. Um, I liked it, but will not play it again. I'll probably play The Wolf Among Us that I always get for Christmas. Another Telltale game that sounds a bit more up my street. So thank you for making me play that. You're welcome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yes. So, so you're expecting The Wolf Among Us to be... Wolf Among Us to be slightly lighter in tone? Uh, yes, at least more fantasy-based. <laughs> Maybe not light. Is that a good assumption? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't played it, so I don't know. I imagine it'd be different. And my friend G-Dog got it for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, And I trust his judgment in things. Uh, far too much. G-Dog's not going to like calling G-Dog. G-Dog can suck my dick. Um, <laughs> language but <I> swear. <laughs> we can bleep it out with the funniest thing you can find can we replace can we not beep but replace it with like fun words like kitten and I don't know flowers I'll, I'll, I'll do some recording later and we'll okay. work it out I'd rather they all be bananas to be honest in, 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 in Dave's judgement you don't want to leave it to that back on topic I will now explain today. No, not today. If he's already seen it, I'll explain to the listeners. We'll have those. Uh, Dirk Gently. I gave Dave Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency to watch. I think I chose the BB show for you. Yes, you did. Right. Yes, with Steve McGann. Yeah. Which is quite interesting, and I like it. Gently's Holistic Detective Agency is a uh, it was originally a book by Douglas Adams, but has recently been adapted into a radio show and a TV show. The TV show being the most recent. And the radio show was slightly more faithful to books, and the TV show just sort of takes elements. But it's very nice, and uh, it's often in Hitchhiker's Guide's shadow, I feel, for Douglas Adams' works. He's known for that. I'm not entirely sure how much more to describe, but yes. How did you find it? Okay, yeah. Well, I really enjoy. I've watched the first episode and I listened to the whole first season of the radio show because on iTunes I could only get hold of the first episode. Well, I had to buy episode by episode, and I couldn't. I, I watched it and I wasn't a great fan of it. Okay, but I do like um, Douglas Adams, so I thought. Um, and I looked online. I saw the cast listings on the uh, radio show, and I thought I, I think they'd, they'd work better. Yeah. And so I, I, I've, I've now listened to the radio show, and I, I thought that it was a much better show. Yes. Uh, I should point out the reason I gave you Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency was because it's a. Uh, because, well, the TV show especially, was because it was quite well received, but then dropped from scheduling for any reason that BBC 3 didn't want to spend money. Which kind of annoyed me. It's a shame. It, 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 
did look good, and I probably will get around to watching the rest of the first season eventually. But uh, it felt like it was... It tried to stay away from a lot of the sci-fi aspects for most of the, the episode. Yeah. And then in the last five minutes, it goes, teleporting cat. Yeah. It was good. I enjoyed it. But it didn't really catch my attention too much. Mm. Yeah, okay. And I thought... Um, who plays Dirk Gently in the radio show? Harry Enfield. Yeah, I thought he was a much better Dirk Gently. He was. He was uh, with the red hat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He wasn't in the TV show. And there were some great quotes from it. Like, uh, let me give you an example. If you go into an acupuncturist with a toothache and he sticks a needle in your thigh, do you know why he does that? No, neither do I. But we intend to find out. Just brilliant. I really enjoyed it. I quite like the line, uh, we, we plan on doing the undoable, breaking the unbreakable, and if needs be, F the uneffable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, it was a good, it was good. Um, yeah. Quick question. What's a holistic detective? Because I haven't seen the first episode, and I don't quite gather what a holistic detective okay, is. Okay, he solves the whole crime. So he finds the whole person, as everything is... Uh, connected at a uh, quantum level that if you look at everything you'll be able to, f- to solve the crime rather than doing piecemeal work. I, I think his method... Oh, so in- instead of like working towards solving the crime he just finds as much as he can about no, people just involved. everything. Anything and around everything's him. connected. Oh, so everything. if, and, um, so he believes more in fate <laughs> as well. That So nothing's a coincidence. And it's this sounds like the opposite of Psych, to be honest. Yes. Uh, it... I, I need yeah. to listen to this radio show. <laughs> Would you recommend it? Because I haven't seen any of um, it. Depends. If you want to... If you like just sitting down and watching a TV show, then yeah. But if you like just listening to podcasts or uh, radio, I'd recommend the radio show. I like the storyline much more, and it was... Uh, they were very similar plots. But there's a murder, and he's try, yeah, trying to solve it. But uh, one ends up um, hypnotizing someone and then finding a time-traveling professor to go back and work, solve everything. And the other just go right at the end, goes time-traveling cat. Yeah. I think <laughs> the TV show does travel, uh, essentially takes elements from the yeah. book and radio show, where it's a radio show with a much more faithful adaptation. Yeah, I know it is much closer um, to the original. Well, it's 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 Douglas Adams stuff. So every iteration is Douglas Adams different. only wrote the book, though. Oh, the book's similar to the yeah. The radio show was made in two thousand eight. Yeah. So yeah, they made it not that long ago. Yeah. So and it ha- the radio happened. show has a really big cast. Like it has uh, uh, Pippin as uh, Richard Duff, and it has the guy from. Uh, um, Downton Abbey as the detective. I don't know either of those people. Yeah, so um, there's a big, uh, like, um, big English actors, has lots of them. There's a lot of uh, voices I recognised in it. I'm just having a look, and the origins of Dirk Gently's solicitative agency is pretty interesting. It was uh, essentially an episode of Doctor Who that Douglas Adams wrote. He just tinkered around with and changed until it was that. So, 
it's been Wait, so this was a Doctor Who that they actually filmed and aired? No, no, no. It was a uh, hero. The Douglas Adams used to write Doctor Who back in the day. And uh-huh. this was a cancelled serial he made. Uh, one of which had a Cambridge professor called Kronosis, who had a TARDIS and uh, like, lived forever. And that was in the books. And he took uh-huh. elements from this uh, Doctor Who episode that he was never going to be able to um, make and turned it into this book. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I thought also the... Uh... Radio show stuck a lot closer to uh, Douglas Adams' sense of humour than the TV mm. show did. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the TV show did go somewhat about uh, tending to Steve McGann's yes, general really sense did. of humour more than Douglas Adams's. Yeah, I remember the first episode being a detective show about a bumbling idiot, and then occasional very strange yeah. things happened. As opposed to Douglas Adams, which is just sort of very strange yeah. things are constantly happening. But from everyone's point of view, they are the straight man. I got none of that, really. So how, how does this compare to Douglas Adams' other work? Do you think it's, it's, it's as good as I've Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? I've never listened to Hitchhiker's um, Guide to the Galaxy um, radio show, so I can't really compare it there. But I have not read the book for this one. But the TV show is better than the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy film. Whoa, whoa, not comparable. Put my foot down right there. They aren't comparable. <laughs> oh, come on. No, no, H2G2 yeah. was it a was. terrible the movie. The film was just awful. I think that's the one movie that I actually fell asleep watching. Yeah, film... Never has that happened otherwise. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely going to go need to read the book because I really enjoyed the radio show. Yeah, uh, the uh, HX Guide radio show is fantastic. Uh, I think I have them all somewhere. Right, on old uh, tape, I think. Are you guys aware that the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is a real thing? You mean the Kindle? As in Wikipedia? No, as in Wikipedia-esque website called the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh... Is that based on the novel? No, no, it's, it's like Wikipedia. BBC oh, well, started No, that. that was, what, H2G2? Yeah. That, that is made based on the TV show. On the radio, on the, yeah, the radio show. Like, if you go to h2g2.com, the right-hand side talks about Douglas Adams, H2G2 founder. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, it's got a weird set of details in it. Guide to the Galaxy was original. So is it just trivia of the world? It's... It's very strange. It's... I'll tell you that much. It's sort of, it's sort of written, like, out of world... Point of view. Also, it uses the Hitchhiker's but, Guide thing of if it's interesting, it'll stay in rather than it being factually correct sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite fantastic. But, like, it's not dead. It's still being updated and, and all this other stuff. It's a, it's a weird website. Um, <laughs> Useful if you don't like Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the original Hitchhiker's Guide was originally a radio show. I'm gonna have definitely gonna have to go check that yeah, out as well. Yeah. Okay, so this week I gave Alan a book called Steel Harp by Brandon Sanderson. Brandon Sanderson is a very prolific uh, fantasy author, but he doesn't write much else. Um, and I know Alan's not a great fan of fantasy, um, but 
Brian Sanders has wrote a series uh, starting with uh, Steelheart, which is much more sci-fi than the rest of his books. Um, there's a Firefight, I think, is another one in the series that's just been released. Yeah, like about three weeks, three weeks ago. Yeah, Steelheart is uh, set it more in a modern world situation, but uh, superheroes have become a reality, and uh, well, the power goes through these superheroes' heads, and they all become evil, and. Uh, there's one called Steelheart, which is in this particular region, who's the most powerful, and uh, this is about the story of the fight of normal people against him. So, Alan, how do you find it? I, I liked it, but it's very clear, very clear from the off that this book just oozes teen fiction. It is a young adult's <laughs> book. And then I, I was reading it, and I was like, what's going on with Dave suggested this? It must be, like, a proper adult book. But no, why are they talking about teenage problems? And it was, oh, my God, there are so many things that are just a little bit off. Um, when the, the main character is called David, and uh, I like how it's, it's written in first person, but he also has his own thoughts all come into it, just as sort of in, in, in italics, as in those are directly his words of thought, as opposed to Dave thought that was cool. It's It's... I like it, although he says sparks a lot, which annoyed me. But um, <laughs> the first time he meets one of the female characters called Megan, he instantly falls head over heels in love for her. It's like, this is just bollocks now. Uh, <laughs> and the whole book, you read through it, and it's like, this would be so great if he just wasn't infatuated with her and if they were just sort of friends, because it never amounts to anything over the book and nothing ever happens. You just have pages and pages of him going, oh, she's really pretty, isn't she? And, uh, that gets annoying but despite that it's yeah it's 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 good and it's cool and i think it's a nice vamp to the um to the superhero genre i mean because the the point is like superheroes appear and so the book starts off uh with a young boy and his dad and they're at a they're at a bank trying to get a mortgage he goes well look you you said you'd give me a mortgage and today was just a formality of signing the papers and the mortgage man goes yeah but um that was before the epics calamity so at the start of, before the book happens, a thing called The Calamity happens and epics appear. And epics is their word for superhero. The reason he uses epics, not superhero, is because most of them aren't heroes. In fact, none of them are. Pretty much every single one of these epics is just uh, a crazy person who uses their power for, like, self-gain. The United States quickly gets deteriorated and becomes another name that was silly, but it was basically still the un-United States. Uh, and so each each city gets taken over by a different superhero, um, and it was it's interesting because they give each superhero uh, a really crap weakness, to be honest. So, which was a nice touch, but it did sort of met, mean the fights were very sort of simplistic in a way of like, oh no, if I do this against him, he's going to die. But if he does this <laughs> against me, well, the, the the return of the epic skill like you is pretty much well. If the epic chooses to kill me, I'm pretty much dead. So there was this weird sort of split in the power of the in the power of the epics. There's one called Nightcrawler. Is that right, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, Nightcrawler, and he's incorporeal, and he casts the entire city into perpetual twilight, and he can control darkness basically. So he can create turn darkness into solid stuff, um, which is interesting because in a darkened room, he can just run a spear through you which is his primary method of killing people. But he's also, and I should really say, there's lots of spoilers here, obviously, but um, he, he he turns corporeal and becomes weak. When you shine UV light on him, 
So, so Nightcrawler's power is to uh, effectively control darkness. So, and in doing that, he can become incorporeal. And so he he turns into this weird floating black ghost thing, and then he can also control the darkness around him. And he can turn the darkness into spears and stuff, which is is a cool power. But his weakness is UV light. So they get around this in the book, but he casts a city in perpetual into perpetual darkness, which is fair enough to do, but. Weakness to UV light is only realised in the book by people having UV torches. So there's a battle between the, the main character and Nightcrawler, where there's, the main character is just... main character is also called Knees, which I found really strange. But the main character, Knees, is just walking down this corridor, looking at every piece of darkness, like, oh my god, is that him? Shining his little UV torch around, and then getting scared when something... Well, it's a, it's a UV light. You know what it does when it shines something a bit dirty. <laughs> he gets terrified every single time that happens. Um, and I just found that a bit weird and a bit confusing. And also in that fight is somebody who can create illusions. So the person creates illusions of Nightcrawler so that he shines his light on the illusion and the illusion, you know, he just wastes a few bullets or something like that. But it's, it's also weird and that bit feels so messy because they're trying to get like his mind is being played with by Nightcrawler, and they're also trying to get him his mind being played with by um, by the person creating illusions. But also, people are listening to his communication channels. So when he says, "Oh yeah, I'm going to try and get out to this end of the the area," they know it, and so they're there. And so there's this whole sort of mess that doesn't really get cleared up until the end, and you realise what's happening. And even then, you're just like, "That's an excuse just to have a mess of things happening." I don't know. I I liked it, but whenever I think about it for more than, oh, oh yeah, that was a good book, I just instantly go into the spiral of, this is, this is something I don't like, this is something I don't like, and I don't know. Yeah, um, I'd agree with a lot of what you said about it. Uh, it's, it's a standalone, just enjoyable experience to read. It's fun. And I, I did like, I really liked how everybody had silly names, but they were all easy to know. So is knees spelled as in the body part, knees? Yeah, because... Uh, when he first meets Megan, she tricks him into kneeling by saying there's a sniper pointing a gun at him, and if he stands up, he's going to get shot. Ah. So he's called Knees. There's also a man who's not Scottish called Cody who thinks he's Scottish and keeps claiming everything that goes around him is Scottish. <laughs> yeah. And it's really off-putting because he won't stop talking about this. And they don't give him a Scottish accent, but everything he says, you could easily imagine being read in a Scottish accent, but they've got none of the sort of, you know, when people usually talk in thick accents, there's lots of like apostrophes here and there. To uh-huh. show that their accent is. There's just none of that. And so in my head, he's got this weird Chicago ish <laughs> accent, just sort of blubbering about bagpipes and haggis. And it's, oh my God. <laughs> the, yeah. the same jokes get used over and over again. It does yeah. feel like he wrote a book and then somebody went, no, 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 this is for teens. And so he rewrote it. And they went, no, no, teens. And so he rewrote it again. No, I think and, he uh, just wrote, wrote it because. Uh, Brandon Sanderson is a very, very prolific author. He doesn't believe in writer's block. Oh, okay. When he gets stuck, he'll just put down what he's doing and start writing a different book. Uh, um, he releases four or five thick books a year. A year? What? Yeah, he writes full-time eight hours a day every day. It, it's, it's, it's a full-time job for him. But, That's cray-cray. Yeah, so he, all his books, none of them are have the most amazing prose or they don't have uh-huh. the most complex storylines but he knows very well how to pace a book he knows very well what makes an enjoyable book every time you read one you'll enjoy it 
Are they all teen novels? Or... No, no okay. he's just done that recently. Um, he's actually re- uh, writing a big epic series at the moment. Um, the Stormlight Archive starts with uh, Way of Kings and then Woods Radiance, and, and that's two books, each about 1,100 pages, and they're some of the best books I've ever read. Well, I say the, 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 the editor rewriting... It definitely feels like somebody has come through and said these changes need to be made because the ending feels so cheap. And as soon as I learned there was a sequel coming out and the name of the sequel, which is Firefight, yeah. I was just like, that is terribly cheap. Because, okay, really big spoilers. If you don't want to hear this, just fast forward a minute or so in the podcast. But Megan turns out to be one of the epics. And it's generally considered that epics are all evil. But it's revealed at the ending that epics aren't evil. It's just something about using their powers that turns people into sort of robots and they lose all empathy. Then they, they become evil through that. And then they use the powers more because they're evil and they lose more of their humanity. And it turns out that Megan is one of the evil epics and is one of Steelheart's right-hand man called Firefight, where he, uh, well, she uses her illusion powers to create this big flaming person who flies around with him. So everyone thinks that he's got this invincible fire-throwing epic as his bodyguard, but he doesn't. It's just making creating her illusions. Um, so part of the book is them trying to find Firefight and like, well, no one's actually seen him for a long time. But they do sort of suss out that he's an illusion. Uh, but at the end of the book, it's realised that Megan, not only can she create illusions, she's also immortal. So she dies, she just gets back in life again, but she forgets things that have happened but she quickly cops on that she's working for Steelheart. I think but she completely forgets about him. The end of it in the wrong order. No, this is that is the ending. And um, he, the he, professor is a oh yeah, epic the professor who revives him. her, who she can uh, pass his powers and heal people. No, no, he can't heal her because she's an epic. He can't pass his powers to other epics. Part of her because she keeps talking on like, oh, this isn't the first time I've died. Yeah, you might be right. It's been a long time since I read them. But she comes back confused, and so she doesn't know who Knees is. And then, but she has a a camera mounted in her head, at which she uses her illusion powers to cover, so that she can record what happens before she died. So when she wakes up from previously being dead, she can cop onto what's going on, and she gets his love confession. And it's just really weird of her being sort of I'm a little robot now. She never had much of a personality throughout the book. <laughs> but now she's like yeah, she super didn't. robotic. She didn't at all. Um, yeah, and they kept hinting at it in really, really bad ways, and it was just so blatantly obvious what was going on. And so I, I quickly copped on that either the main character knees or Megan was going to be an epic. Um, but I was like, oh, I don't really know who, and they're always paired <laughs> together. So yeah, again, there's there's no real way to know what else. But uh, it just it feels a bit sort of weak, and the ending feels very sort of shoehorned into a sequel. Because at the end, Megan doesn't go with them, and they escape. Uh, and the ending of the book, he gets saved by magical reasons, effectively. <laughs> so, Steve, Steve well, Hart, With all its faults, it's still an enjoyable read. He also managed to put a pen in the end of a pistol, and no one noticed. Like a, a clicky pen, because he, he's got these spy gadget, which is explosives that go off when he clicks his clicky pen. And he discovers that... He discovers Steelheart weaknesses and kills him with this. But he... He knows that Steelheart with two Steelers gone off and can kill him with it because that's what Steelheart does. And so he jams the clicky pen in the end of the pistol. Steelheart picks up the pistol and pulls the trigger around. Boom! He dies. And then just magical reasons save him. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> kill the guy and have the new book with 
the rest of them trying to save everybody. I thought that would have been really cool because I wasn't very attached it, to these. It's teen fiction. He was so teen fictiony. You, yeah, you, you, it's got problems, but it's a really fun read. I just enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. There's a lot of plot holes, but it, if you yeah. just want to read something enjoyable, it's good. Perfect for that. Have either of you read The Hunger Games? No, no I haven't. Okay, because I was going to ask how that compared. Because I actually quite enjoyed The Hunger Games, uh, another kind of teen novel thing. I keep meaning to read them, but. Does a lot happen? I just in it or not? never got around to it. Do happen, yeah. It's quite. I would say the films um, follow it relatively well. Apart from the whole revolution thing, which I've heard isn't really in the books, and they put it in the movies because they didn't know if they could get the three movie deal. Oh wait, the revolution in the first one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that wasn't quite in it. No. Why? Why give it a go? Um... Well, someone will just have to recommend it to one of yes. us yeah, yes. for this uh, podcast later on. Reminds me somewhat of a book I read called The Last Dragon Slayer. Not sure why, but it does. Possibly just because it's teen fiction. A lot of teen fiction's quite similar. Yeah. Uh, well, Steelheart but... does sound very interesting. I like the idea of the whole superhero thing, and it does sound like the superheroes, the superpowers that they have are quite different from yeah. generic kind of Marvel or DC comic superheroes. Yeah, so. yeah it is. I think that's what it is. Um, give it a chance. It's not a big book, and it's fun to read. But I read it. Brandon Sanderson has Brandon Sanderson has much better books out there. I'm just going to say it reminded me of. I think that's why it reminded me of Last Dragon Slayer. Mm-hmm. It's that sort of a uh, different slant and wizards in modern day, as opposed to superheroes. Yeah, and like, the main character is a 15 year old. Uh, working as essentially someone who fills in forms to make sure the wizards aren't carted off and killed because you do magic without for any wizards uh, without the correct yeah. licenses they die. Not for any wizards. For any listeners who don't know Nick, and I say this for any listeners who aren't T Dog, which I'm not sure if there many are, but <laughs> Nick loves his wizards. If you give Nick really a game does. where you can be a wizard or anything else in the world, <laughs> Nick will pick He'll the be wizard, a wizard every single time. I know someone like that too, yes. And then as you're playing with him, Nick will just use his wizard's powers to annoy you. So you walk up to a door and it's <laughs> open, and Nick will just go, oh, I can close that for you, in your face, because he can. Um, See, Alan has a minor gripe with me, because I once made a wizard tower in Minecraft, where there's mods making wizardly things, and he was annoyed they didn't put a banister on my wizard's tower. And he keeps harboring back to that to this day. He didn't put any balances on his wizard tower, so I fell down once and died. When I finally got back to pick up all my stuff, his wooden doors had been smashed by miniature zombies. Now, I hadn't played since the miniature zombies were introduced, so I was like, what's going on? I'm being pushed, I'm taking damage, I've got no idea what's killing me. I think the zombies either killed me or, once again, pushed me off his stairs that had no banisters. And so I was dead twice by Nick's wizard tower. And then Nick blamed me for his wall, his doors disappearing. <laughs> he destroyed the doors. So I, so I gave up from this, and I decided to build myself a wooden boat on top of a river. Nick comes along and goes, look what I can do. Magic's the floor away. I fall through the floor <laughs> into the river, and then as I'm swimming out of it, the floor magically reappears again. <laughs> so I spent most of my breath trying to get to this hole, and I assume I've just missed it a bit. So I sink a bit and look up and go, where's the hole gone? But by this time, I've got no breath left, and my boat was pretty big, so I couldn't swim to the exit and get more breath, and it was just... <sighs> this is why I don't like wizards. 
And for that case, I should really play Dragon Age Inquisitions because I hear you get to kill them. <laughs> you get to kill them in Destiny. Yes, yeah, you do. That is a good thing about Destiny. Oh, one of the many. Anyway, we hate wizards. <laughs> Alan, what media did you suggest for yeah, Sandy? Yeah, so uh, when we were talking about this before, deciding what media to give each other, we discovered that Sandy had never seen Cool Runnings. I know the shame. That is that popularized bobsledding in every country in the world. It was just John Candy beforehand. Um, but, uh, I can't believe it. But, so if you don't know who, what Cool Runnings is, then I don't know what you've been doing with your life. But it's, it's basically the story of Jamaicans <laughs> bobsledding, and John Candy is telling them how to bobsled. That, that, that's... You don't want to watch the movie based on that premise, then I don't know what kind of movies you like. But I think the Jamaican accent just sells it, really. Yes. Lots of Jamaican accents. Uh, and that was also the cause of our of the introduction to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> In case you couldn't tell. So, Sandy, what did you think of Cool Runnings? It was awful. I hated <sighs> it. I'm Get out. Of course not. It was great. I really liked it. It it was a proper feel good movie, and yeah, it was. Uh, heartwarming and yeah the great thing that I thought was that it was actually based on the true story well very loosely based yeah. John Candy wasn't really a bobsledder no he was not <laughs> I don't know wait yeah, no you say dreams. that what if he was you never know maybe in his <laughs> spare time <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I, I really liked it and I, well, I, I think I was quite uh, it has been recommended to me quite a lot. I think in high school I had a friend who absolutely loved it. I was like, oh, cool runnings! I watched that over and over again. And I think there was just a lot of hype and a part of me was a bit kind of sceptical. Will I actually enjoy this? What if I don't? Am I a monster for not enjoying it? Uh, but yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I, The ending, I think, really made it whole. Yeah, yeah. I like how it's right. it's it's an underdog story where the underdog still fails, which is quite rare. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that as well. I, I'm and glad they didn't go with the let's stick in a winner's ending. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all the footage, or not all of the footage, but some of the footage that they show is actually from the Olympics. So the crash, uh, they show real footage of the crash. Yeah, yeah. That's why that, the, the quality yeah. noticeably drops at that point in time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you can see that it's actually quite a violent crash. I have no way that they may remake this. Well, you say it's quite a violent crash, but they didn't notice they'd crashed for a while. I was reading oh, really? about it, and uh, apparently one of the, the bobsledders just said he thought everything was fine until he realised his helmet was burning. Oh. Yeah. But how could they not? Wait, what? But they've been like thrown around. Well, I, I presume because you're bobsledding and you're being thrown around quite a lot, you don't realise that you've just oh, been... Oh, of course, so the people behind the the, 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 the driver, yeah. I don't know what they're called. But yeah, they can't really see. Okay. Let's see. Huh. That's interesting. Um, I know, I, I, I liked it, and I think the changes they made weren't really to Hollywoodize it, apart from the introduction of John Candy. Um, <laughs> and the Germans. I uh, love the montages. There were so many montages. Yeah, the montages were good. Montages were really good. 
And I'm pretty sure the, the team didn't sing their song before going. Oh, uh, what? What? I'm pretty sure that's factual, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the one bit that was actually based on real-life events. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, I love Next that you'll tell me that dodgeball isn't real. <laughs> well, now it's it real. The dodgeball the film and not dodgeball the game. Yes. Okay. The game's now a real sport. Because of the movie, of course. <laughs> because of the movie, yeah. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, there was the typical um, villain as well. They already they they always have to have a villain. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. was quite Hollywoodized. Yeah, in a way. yeah, was it Eastern Germany who were the villain? Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think so. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was the, East, yeah. the East Germans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, there was like, yeah, no, you Jamaicans are actually cool, man. And then like high five or hug or something. Who was the of first course, that would happen to start clapping. That was hilarious. Uh, was he? Yeah. I didn't quite notice that. Uh, yeah, the slow clap. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Which see, it sounded really condescending until other people joined in. You messed up. Well freaking done. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. The way they um, they also made the really crappy bobsled into this really amazing, well-manufactured, well-painted thing. Just, like, with gloss everywhere. I think they just painted like it. Like, just overnight. Yeah. But, but, but they paint it. They've got a load of, like, really terrible paintbrushes on the floor. And you can see the stencil <laughs> they've used. And then it looks at the bobsled. It's like, you obviously didn't use those materials. <laughs> <laughs> I feel cheated. Yeah. I think that's part of the charm. Of it's mm. just yeah. most of it being terrible. Uh, mm. Yeah. Oh, and right after they they get the the new one, the new um, bobsled, the the whole Tallulah thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so. The, uh, it was really funny, but a part of me actually felt kind of bad. <laughs> it's like, oh, poor guy. His dad's the worst, though, because his dad's like, no, you'll never be a bobsledder. Bobsledder's never real. And then by the end of the movie, he's standing in the crowd going crazy, wearing one of their t-shirts. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was so lovely. The whole thing was so lovely. Yeah, it is a... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to watch it again yes, now. Yes, please really do. It's, it's so good. There are a few silly bits, like at the start, the whole... Um, the cart, the uh, what are they called again? The push carts. Push carts, yes, the push yeah. carts of crashing into the hut. That was just a bit. Zanka, oh, you dead man. <laughs> um, the lucky egg's a bit weird, especially when he doesn't have any pockets on his costume. Yes, and he puts um. it in um, a private place, <laughs> and then kisses <laughs> and offers it. To someone else to kiss as well. No, what? he doesn't. He doesn't offer yep. him to kiss. Then the guy asks. Ah, yes, of course. Because previously he didn't want to kiss it, and then after mm-hmm. he does kiss it, uh, Sanka is his name. Sanka. Yeah, yes. he 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 whoops the rubs the egg off. Did you notice what uh, picture uh, Yul Brenner carries with him of his dream home? Oh, it's the Buckingham Palace. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was funny. Brilliant. That was funny. Uh, Your yeah, Brenner's a... a great character. Yeah, he <laughs> Badass is. Badass mother. 
because we can't swear. Don't make an accent at all. What did I do? Uh, really want to watch more John Candy. John, John Candy, his chin was quite glorious. <laughs> I was a little bit distracted by his chin. Because I don't think in um, Home Alone, he wasn't quite as chinny. No, no, no. In Plane Trains and Automobile, <laughs> it's more round as well. Um, <laughs> Uncle Buck, that's it. I want to watch Uncle Buck. Sorry, I'm just oh. making a list of John Candy movies for me to watch. Um, <laughs> Uncle Buck and uh, Spaceballs. Although I think Spaceballs is a lesser John Candy movie, but it's, it's not, not that it's a bad movie, just that for John Candy content, I think it's a little light. <laughs> it's also a bad movie. It's not a bad movie, it's amazing. Ludicrous no. speed! No? Okay, well, um... it is, I, I do not like Spaceballs. Oh, well, guess what you're watching next week. Um... <laughs> There's far better Mel Brooks films out there. Anyway, I think this is a good time for us to um, decide on what media we're giving each other for next week. Yes. Next- yeah, so uh, we aim to produce these episodes every two weeks, and in two weeks and one day from us releasing is going to be February the 14th. Valentine's Day! Ah, my ears are bleeding. There we go. So uh, we record on a Wednesday, so you'll have it out on Friday, so we're not actually going to be recording on Valentine's Day. Because we're not that sad. At least one of us is going to have a date. <laughs> and that's because one of us is married. Woo! So anyway, uh, we decided to have a romantic theme to the films and media that we're going to choose next week. And I don't mean we they need to have a heavy romantic theme vibe you know, going through them. But at some point there must be at least a little bit of romance. And we'll try and pick up what people thought the correct bit of romance was for next week. So, does anybody have anything they would like to recommend to one of us? Yes. Go, Nick. The most romantic thing I can think of is probably pirates. <laughs> so. Good old West Country. I do not know what you mean by that, and I will not respond to it. Pirates come from the West Country or uh, the southwest of England, like Devon. Devon accent is the pirate accent. Yep. Oh yeah, because of the yeah, because no, because movies, pirates blah, 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 blah. oak like farmers. That's the reality. I choose to live. Okay, okay, Pat, Pat. Okay, so p- pirates are romantic. Nick, what uh, are you picking? I am. Uh, well, he's also also has a romantic subplot or main plot, but uh, I'm picking one for Sandy. Uh-huh, I think. And I think I know which one you're talking about. Uh, you made me play a point click adventure. So you're playing Monkey Island. Ah, uh-huh, uh-huh. I thought for a moment there, I was scared you were going to give me Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Not that cool. I actually quite like Pirates Have of the Caribbean. Have we seen the first one? The fourth movie is horrible. Stranger Tides was good. <laughs> oh. I liked it. It's better being a standalone thing. I hated the trilogy nonsense. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. So Monkey Island, the first one? Uh, yeah, all the special editions. Okay. Uh, cool. I think Although I think you can get the first one quite easily on, uh, uh, you can you can run all these old point click adventure games with Scrum because nerds love their point click adventure games and made uh, a just, you can play any old uh, LucasArts point click adventure on pretty much anything thanks to the nerds loving the engine it was built on. So if people get Doom working on something, I don't get 
Monkey Island. Go. Yeah. Yeah, Scum. Uh, scum VN, that's the one. Found it. Okay, does anyone else have anything to suggest for anyone else? Yes, well, I am going for... Um, well, I'm giving Alan media, and what is more romantic than being the last man on... Th- um, so I'm picking Why the Last Man, uh, the comic, for Alan. Okay, that's cool. I uh, do have a sort of weird on-and-again-or-again relationship with comic books. Okay, well... Occasionally I'll binge on them and I love them, but occasionally they're just... A bit meh. Yeah, they go a bit too much comic booky, and they expect you to have read the million back issues. Oh, okay. Well, Why the Last um, Man is actually quite long, um, but... Uh, it's ended. That's, that's it, the Yeah, it thing. has a proper ending. Okay, cool, cool. Then, yeah, yeah, I'm up for doing that. Um, Dave, I know you're yes. not a whole bag of... A whole bag of? A whole, you're, not a, you're not a whole fan of the whole little indie scene going on. So, <laughs> I have played this game. Oh, I think I got this last year on Valentine's Day. Don't judge me. Don't judge you. <laughs> we will judge uh, you. Uh, dinner date. Dinner date. Yeah, it's a small sort of... Oh, the controls are a point-and-click adventure, but I wouldn't really call it a point-and-click adventure. Is this the one with dogs? No, that was Valhalla, which apparently doesn't have dogs. <laughs> the dog bartender. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Okay, um, so what's dinner date about? So uh, It's about a dinner date, to be honest. Oh. It's very short, date. so I don't want to spoil it too much for next time. Okay. Week. I don't want oh. to colour your perceptions, but it is just a dinner date. That goes along. I think it's sauce. I'm not entirely sure. But it's, um, okay. I liked it. I liked it. Okay, so that leaves me to pick something for Nick. Eek. Okay, I can't remember if this definitely has a love theme in it, but I'm going to say it does. I'm going to pick uh, Angel Share. It's a Scottish movie about people uh, and whiskey. Ooh, I feel like whiskey. Yeah, so... uh, yeah, you can find it on uh, American Netflix, so you should be easily able to watch it. Yeah. But you don't like people. <laughs> well, pardon, Alan? You said it's about whiskey and people. Yeah. And Nick said he liked, pe- he liked whiskey. Okay. <laughs> whiskey never disagrees with me or gives me sass, Alan. Whiskey never gives me sass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we've got our uh, media for next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's... Uh, that's a wrap if no one's got anything else they want to say well I think uh, before we go because we've been doing media that other people have given us we should go around and say what we've been playing watching or reading over the last week on our own time so Alan what have you been playing watching or listening this week I've been uh, uh, playing an awful lot of Destiny but I think apart from running and gunning there's not a lot to say about that game it's a really good running and gunning thing but I've discovered a little game called Sky Rogue Alpha which is is an amazingly strange game. So you're just this plane, and you have plane controls, and you're flying around, and it's a rogue-like flight simulator game where you could go blow something up. As far as I can tell, it's really difficult, but it's... <laughs> I might it's have spent really most of this fun. podcast playing that, Alan. Oh, God damn it, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were playing and speaking at the same time. That's impressive. Multitasking. Well, right I, I normally stopped when I was, pla- when I was talking. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's good in the background. It's a nice, 
it does roguelikes quite well. I often don't like roguelikes yeah. because I feel they're less about me learning challenges and overcoming challenges than about the game just throwing impossible situations at me. And it's only when it throws me a nice situation can I possibly do well in the game. And I don't like games about that basis. But this just feels like it's always tough. But it's just what level of tough and how it's tough is, is different each time. Is yeah. this a game with the dubstep? Yes, that, was, okay. that is a game. <laughs> the dubstep? Oh, I should turn on the audio. But anyway, yeah. Um, Sandy, have you been playing anything recently? Uh, yeah, I have been playing something. It's just Dragon Age Inquisition. I've clocked so many hours on it. It's, it's quite embarrassing, really. <laughs> What's the clock stopped at so far? <laughs> I don't want to say. Well, <laughs> um, for yeah, one character, it's been uh, over 80 hours, I think. And oh, I've God. had the game for two months. Not oh, bad. Man. Not bad. That's, I think that's worse than me and Destiny. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been playing a lot of Destiny, and I, I worked out if I've clocked 109 hours across all my characters so far since September, so it's not too bad. <laughs> that's about an hour 20 minutes a day. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. Oh, God. <laughs> and the thing is, I haven't been playing every day, so I've been playing, like, <laughs> one day, I've been playing three hours straight, and it's like, what am I doing with my life? Oh, I did much worse when Skyrim came out. <laughs> yeah, I think I did as well. But, uh, yeah, it's really, well, I, obviously, I like it. Uh, I think it's really good. Um, it has lots of um, side quests, uh, uh, quite an interesting story as well, and characters compared to Previous Dragon Age games are not as interesting, but interesting enough, I would say. No, good. Um, lots of bugs, though, still. Lots of bugs. Is it very compen... Is it very boxed off? <laughs> um, in what sense? Uh, in that I played Origins, and one of the reasons I didn't like it was because Origins started off and it was like, go to this town, save all the people, yay, um, go to the next town. There's an element of that. You get different um, regions, uh, basically yeah. a map, uh, and there are side quests within that map, but also quests that kind of link places together. So they, I think they tried okay, okay, to okay. stop the, the kind of boxed-offness that you're talking about. So I think uh, compared to Origins, it's much better in that sense. Oh, excellent. I'll, um, it's just moving up my list of games to buy. To and honest. it's very pretty. Very pretty. <laughs> um, it's moving highly quickly up the list. <laughs> okay, Nick, what have you been playing? Watching um, or reading? I, I've mainly been watching Suits, a TV show about lawyers and lawyer things. I like courtroom dramas too much. Not Judge uh, Judy, though. No, We've no, established no. that. We have. We have. Or, oh, I actually don't know what Judge Judy is really about. But, uh, yeah. It's good. I like it. Uh, not entirely sure how to describe suits properly. Other than um, a lot of it is just random style nonsense. It's like, ooh, look. Fancy New York apartments and fancy New York jobs. Ooh, and now they're arguing. Doesn't it start off as a show not about a lawyer, but somebody who's really clever pretending to be a lawyer? Yeah, pretty oh, much the yeah. show. The show's pretty much, yeah. oh, I'm working as a lawyer and have a photographic memory, but I don't have a degree. Uh, and it has Zoe from Firefly in it. Oh, yeah, she's, oh. she's, she's the boss lady. She's fantastic. 
every oh, I, I quite like all the actors. They do quite nice jobs. Yeah, cool. So we've, we've gone through everything that we've done. Should we pull it a wrap? Yep. Sure. Good. Awesome. Uh, cheers, guys, for watching. Listening. You, listening? <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, do you guys want to go through Twitter names, or should we just leave it like that? Well, we have a, a Twitter for the podcast. At, uh, it's at Perfect Commotion. Yep. And, um, uh, one M? Commotion spelt with one M, yeah. because Twitter has silly name limits. Yep, and if you've got any feedback, you can send it to our email address at feedback at perfectcommotion.co.uk. Commotion spelt properly this time. Uh, yeah, if you have a recommendation for us to watch, or do something, or read something, send us in and we'll see if anyone's interested. Or right. any ideas for theme episodes. Oh yes, themes. We need oh yeah, themes. tropes. We mentioned tropes. Themes or tropes would be good for an episode. It'd be nice to see what we can pick up with some silly tropes going around. All right, cool. Thank you. See ya.